The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Great crowds accompanied Jesus on his way, and he turned and spoke to them. If any man comes to me without hating his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life too, he cannot be my disciple. Anyone who does not carry his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And indeed, which of you here intending to build a tower would not first sit down and work out the cost to see if he had enough to complete it? Otherwise, if he laid the foundation and then found himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers would all start making fun of him and saying, here is a man who started to build and was unable to finish. Or again, what king marching to war against another king would not first sit down and consider whether with 10,000 men he could stand up to the other who advanced against him with 20,000. If not, then while the other king was still a long way off, he would send envoys to sue for peace. So in the same way, none of you can be my disciples unless he gives up all his possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The overarching themes these past few days, especially last night, as we heard from Rami, our, our friend, and um, Bassam, is this deep, deep desire for peace and the fact that it comes about after a long struggle with suffering. It's one of those strange mysteries of life and the world that we're in, that peace and joy and grace is found on the other side of the thicket, if you like, to borrow some of the language of John of the Cross. In one of his sermons, St. John says that Christ is a deep, deep well, a deep treasure, and we should dig deep into the person of Christ. And he says, no matter how far you dig, you never find, uh, you never exhaust the treasure of who Christ is. The deeper you go, the more you can search out in every direction. This is Jesus. Um, as the Archbishop told us, we are inside him. Sometimes when I'm with the children in Gladstone, I ask them, who's bigger or what is bigger? The cosmos that we don't even know the boundaries of or Jesus? Which is bigger? Which one fits in the other? It's easy to forget because Jesus often comes to us in such humble form, in a little piece of bread or conceived in the womb of some unknown lady. But our Jesus is big and we all find a home in him. We all find, in fact, peace and joy. But then Jesus gives us these startling words. If you want to be my disciple, if you want to find a home inside me, you'll have to pick up the same instrument that I picked up, that I modeled for you. This awkward, awkward thing that we know as the cross. As I was listening to Bassam and Rami last night, I was thinking of St. John Paul II's letter, Salvivici Dolores. It's on the mystery of suffering. This has become such a pivotal document for me in my, in my understanding of suffering. My life has been so free of suffering, so, so I can't really speak out of my own experience. But John Paul gives us a few ideas, and John Paul is borrowing from John of the Cross and from other, other sufferers that we know of. So I'd like to put one of these ideas in our minds, if I could. John Paul starts his letter by saying that we exist alongside a world of suffering. 
There's us, and then there's this great big world of suffering. And it's there. You can't ignore it. You can't sweep it under the rug. It will keep rearing its ugly face in your face. It has to be done away with. It has to be done away with somehow. And so in God's own mysterious way, this great big world, which none of us could carry on our own, is portioned out, if you like. It's broken up into, into pieces. And it's a mystery who gets what piece and why. That's not really a question we can answer or we should even try to answer. The fact is we encounter this, this anomalous thing called suffering as we make our way through life. But something interesting happens when we bring our suffering to the table and we come with our fellow sufferers. We start to find that my little piece of suffering and their piece and that piece and that piece, it all starts to jigsaw together. It somehow becomes obvious that even though my life is utterly different to this person and this person and this person, the mystery of suffering that we have is shared. We actually have a communion in our burden, in our pain, in our doubt, in our fear. This is why, for example, when a cyclone rips through a community, somehow it brings them together. It doesn't make the cyclone good, but somehow they come together, they start to piece back their lives, they have morning teas, afternoon teas, prayer vigils, all sorts of things. How could a cyclone bring a community together? But it does in the mystery of the cross. There's another thing that John Paul says. He says that while this portioned out thing has to be carried by each of us, and none of us could carry it alone, we carry it together. And so think of all of humanity here carrying their pieces of suffering. And alongside us, is the total Christ, Jesus, the God-man, who carries it on his shoulders, but he wants to share it with us, and not in a strange, you know, uh, weird, malicious way, but, but he wants us to do away with suffering with him. So there's these two people, if you like, carrying suffering and to throw it off the, the edge of the earth. This is currently where we find ourselves because Jesus has died and risen, but suffering is still in the world. Doubt, fear, pain, oppression, uh, slavery, pollution, corruption. All of this stuff is still in the world to be portioned out, to be picked up by us if we can take it, to pick up our cross, whatever small or large portion we have in front of us, and to bravely and, and joyfully, if we can, walk alongside Christ, who never, ever leaves us to carry it on our own. If I can quote just one more saint. Saint Teresa of Lisieux. Uh, she was a young saint. She died, I think, at the age of 22. She was young anyway. I think it was 22. And we have her diary, The Story of a Soul. Towards the end of her life, she was bedridden, and her sisters were, were caring for her. And they'd remark at how strangely at peace and strangely joyful she was amidst her deep suffering and her helplessness, like there was no way out for Therese. And one of them asked her, Therese, how is it that you're able to be so joyful, so peaceful, peaceful, when clearly you are in agony? And she said this, and I want us to remember this because when we take up our cross, it's not, oh, here we go, I'm going to take on the biggest burden I can, and it's not that at all. 
but, but listen to Teresa's wisdom. She says, everything that comes to me from my Lord is a gift. It has to be because he loves me and he's good. So how could he ever give me anything that isn't an expression of his love? And that might be anything. It might be joy, it might be sorrow, it might be suffering. But if it's a gift from Jesus, I take it joyfully, knowing the spirit, the intention of the one who gave it to me. And I'm able to bear it. But listen to this. She says, I never, ever look for suffering of my own accord. I never ask for a cross because then I'd have to carry it on my own. And I've never been able to do that.